Hello, you're listening to the Drink, Pair, Share podcast, the teacher wellbeing podcast made by teachers for teachers. So sit back, relax and join us. Hello, welcome back everyone. Welcome, welcome. Good to be here. Good to be here. Welcome to episode seven of the Drink, Pair, Share podcast. That's the one. Drink, Pair, Share. Not to teach Pair, Share, but to drink, Pair, Share. Full, uh, full disclosure, that is the second time we recorded that intro because I still can't get the name right, which is really embarrassing. Um, but there we go. You are listening to the Drink, Pair, Share podcast, just to confirm. We're on episode seven. It's a brand new term. Um, sorry that we were away for a little while. We, we had to take our, our well-deserved Easter break and then, uh, it needed a, it needed a week to get eased back into the new term, I think, before we... Yeah, I don't know about you, John, but that break was quite nice. Oh, but, well, I mean, let's get a drink sorted and let's just, let's start talking about it. Let's talk about that break. So, uh, what drink have you got with you? Got a brew dog with me today. Um, new one, not seen it before. I think it says on the... Can limited and exclusive small batch release. It's bat- rattle and rum. It's a rum and oak chip stout. Comes in at seven point four percent. Four forty can. Wow. Let's uh, see what happens. This is the joy of uh, recording on a Sunday. It means I don't feel too guilty about having a seven point four percent in the. You know. Yeah, God, I'd like you. You're playing a very dangerous game there. Four forty can seven point four. Okay, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what you're like by the end of the podcast. I was going to say, <laughs> none of the earlier part of the podcast will get in. It'll just be me when it's like, and then I told her. To... <laughs> um, well, I've gone the very opposite. So uh, I am on an Elvis AF, uh, nicest, I believe, of the Brewdog AF range. Um, just a nice classic uh, grapefruit-infused IPA. So, uh, well, good luck and cheers to your... <laughs> the good luck, yeah. <laughs> Good luck, everybody. <laughs> I am so sorry. Uh, okay. no, any like thoughts and opinions expressed aren't necessarily, you know, that of the actual person who says those things. It could be the alcohol talking. Yeah, we might have to put a disclaimer in the show notes on this one. I think that would be fair. No, but yeah. it's quite nice, though. Well, I'm, I'm very happy for you. Thank you. So um, what we got planned today then? So we're going to catch up on our Easter holiday. <laughs> So it won't be just a how was your week. I guess it'll be how was your weeks, plural. Um, how was your break? How was the first week back? And then we'll talk a little bit about uh, some teacher questions. Neil has got a, a very exciting tweet of the week this week to uh, to pick apart. And then we're going to round it off with some of your wonderful teacher nightmare stories that you guys have sent in. Um, so lots of fun to be had. Let's get back straight into it. So, Neil, we've had a an Easter break. We had a very lovely Easter break. Did. I think the most important thing we've got to say is we saw each other during the Easter break. We did. It was lovely. You were back up in your old jaunt, weren't you, for a, a colleague's, an ex-colleague's wedding? And Indeed, yes. My first ever PGC uh, trainee um, got married. Uh, big shout out to Chris uh, and April because I used to work with April as well um and yeah so it was nice to come back up to kent and then have an excuse to to be around for a week see the in-laws and uh, of course see uh my two best friends because we also were joined by our other best friend guys 
We were. He made the trip down. Gaz isn't a teacher. He's a banker. He made the trip down on a, on a, on a work evening, bless him. Yeah, but and I, his wife as well, Elvira. So yeah, for them, it's just, drinking wine like midweek is just it's just the norm for that. World. It's in their job description, isn't it? Like you have to take someone out like a midweek lunch and drink. Exactly. So I don't think it was that he was that hard done by. But uh, yeah, it was nice to catch up anyway and see your your new your new flat. Very impressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it. Yeah, I got to see that bookcase that I see every week if in in person. And actually, I said to you at the time feels different i i i just i had always thought you were in a much smaller room there but you're in a very big yeah. open open space tall tall ceilings uh big windows yeah uh, good features good fun shutters that don't quite shut properly i know it's annoying um but what a what a lovely what a lovely place you two have so uh that was that was very nice uh, and i need to do a shout out at the moment uh, because shannon cooked an exquisite three-course meal i felt very spoilt and uh yeah i loved it yeah she's good like that fair play very very good um in particular highlight for me uh was the mac and cheese bites mac and cheese bites incredible absolutely incredible so please do pass on my thanks will do we have dreams of um like a, a weekend and holiday, like food, uh, food truck. That'd be amazing. So, like, teach during yeah you know, Monday to Friday, and then a couple of weekends and the big uh, holidays, just you know, food truck up. Just go like yeah. Instagram. Just be like, we're going to be in like this location today. Come on up. You're going to end up catering for all research ed conferences across the country. Yeah, well, that's, that's a really good idea, actually. Maybe we should, yeah, we do our little sessions and then we hit the uh, yeah food truck outside. It would be like that. I'm sure you must get it at secondary school as well, like the ice cream van chimes that just here. You know, it, it's approaching three thirty, and you know, over the distance, it's like oh God, SLT. You're like, coming. <laughs> oh man, that sounds really cool. You should definitely do that, and uh, we can we could promote it on the podcast and yeah. uh um yeah sounds sounds awesome so uh yeah. how was how was your easter holidays yeah talking to shan about this the other day we felt it was didn't felt longer than two weeks and it's quite rare i think that a holiday feels longer than it actually is you tend to obviously you know time flies when you're having fun we obviously had a lot of fun um yeah it felt like a long well-needed rest so you saw you guys, a couple of bits and pieces here, saw Shan's family, went back to Wales of the second week, saw my uh, grandmother, who's going to be turning like 90 in a couple of months' time, so that's all lovely. Uh, weather in Wales was rubbish. We, uh, I don't believe you. I don't believe you for one second. We arrived on the Monday, and the only time we could actually like leave, we had like a few dinners planned. Um and those were the only time we could actually like, leave the house because like the rain, the rain didn't stop until like the Thursday. So yeah, you know, classic Wales. I, I'd say that was a fluke, but yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> so yeah, it was hard getting up at quarter to six on that month on that first Monday back. It's like, oh, I did not prepare my body for this. No, I, I kind of, uh, I just accept these days that um, I'm going to be exhausted that first day back, no matter what. Um, so, yeah. So sleeping, sleeping isn't always the best on that 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 final night of the holidays. So yeah, I feel. Did yeah. You were having set day, or are you straight back in? 
he was straight back in, which uh, was hard going. We had an inset on the final day of term. Of course you did. Um, which was lovely, a lovely way to end the term. But then, yeah, quite brutal, coming straight back into it. Here's a fun one that people can answer. It'd be interested to know. So where Johnny works on an inset day, still expect business attire. Yeah. I, I want to know if that's, you know, secondary school, reach out. Is that is that normal practice where you are? Because I know like in primary schools, wouldn't be the case at all. Um, but- I, I don't think it is normal. This is my third school and the only school I've experienced that has... Uh, you know, business attire on an inset day, every other school I've, I've, even when I was a trainee, you know, any other schools that I've been in or worked in, it was always casual on an inset day. Um, Don't know who made the decision at this school and uh, <laughs> I will not be seen to slag off the school in any way. Um, because yeah, they like it. But uh, were I to be in charge, that might perhaps be one rule I would change. <laughs> anyway, so Easter holidays then, good break, lots of, you know, fun things done, family, friends, time together. Yeah. Everything I want from a holiday. Lots of good food, friends, family, just what a good Easter break should be. Or what any break should be like, really. So, yeah. What about you? Well, yeah. So on, on a similar kind of vein, really. Um, first week was lovely because that first week, uh, Jess also had off work. And nice. like we've already said, we were in Kent for that. Got to see family friends just enjoy t- uh, time together um and then the second week was just kind of me left to myself to do just bits and pieces around the house and um various kind of i guess jobs that you put off for a little while until a break comes around and and so on so yeah it was it was a well-earned break and it's my favorite holiday of the year because um We've said before, I think half terms go too quickly and and the Christmas holidays doesn't really feel like a break because you're so committed to different things. Um, So Easter, I always feel, is the first time you can really, really relax. Um, But yeah, no, nothing too exciting, but that's okay as well. Um, What about your your first week back then? How did did that go? That was tiring. By Tuesday, Wednesday, I was just absolutely shattered. And I don't know, nothing like out of the ordinary, nothing like crazy it was just the fact that unfortunately we're getting older um and just getting back into the swing of it back into the habits you know i have a fair bit of the commute which i don't mind um yeah i think it took its toll on me so i was i was grateful for when the weekend came around i think it's just a testament to how hard you know all teachers really do work in those uh you know between monday and friday yeah it, it like it kind of took me by surprise as well how exhausting it was it just by the by the like an hour or two into that monday i was like jesus nothing nothing it's like no break has even happened you know it's just back to normal routine normal lessons behavior was if anything slightly more challenging because they're mm. more tired than usual because their sleeping patterns haven't gone back to normal yeah. And, oh yeah god it was uh it was it was hard going that first week back i wouldn't say it was the my favorite week i've ever had of teaching um and also i imagine with you there's elements of pressure to to jump straight back into in sats preparation we have the same with big sort of coursework deadlines and then exam season starting for gcse so it just feels like it was go 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 as soon as we were back really yeah i was talking to uh, this conversation had quite a few um teach friends and I think um 
made a really good comparison. Like in an office, it's like your first day back after a bit of time off. Like you can ease yourself in. Like, you know, you can do, you know, work out like 60, 80%, whatever it is, keep your head down, do it. Doesn't matter. But with teaching, like you need to go boom, straight back in, 100% energy, 100% effort. Otherwise, you know, sets that tone for what the rest of that term is going to look like. But, you know, the bright side of it is, is as you said, you know, for uh, year six stuff, you know, SATs are in a couple of weeks. So that will be a, a busy week. But once it's over, you know, afford to relax a little bit. Two bank holidays this half term. So um, we've got two four-day weeks on the trot. That's going to be quite nice. And obviously, if you are um, a member of the NEU, two additional strike days as well. So there's that to consider. So I always kind of find uh, term five, summer one, you fit a lot of stuff into actually like not that much of time. It's always quite a historically is always quite short term. It can be, you know, as short as five weeks, depending on where Easter falls and things like that, and the May Bank holiday. So yeah, it's a busy old term, but a short one. Yeah, yeah. But I think quite a, quite a good one. You feel like, like you said, you squeeze a lot in, but you also feel like you've achieved quite a lot by the time you the end of it. Um and yeah, so uh tiring first week back, but I think positives to be seen on the horizon so yeah sounds good um so in terms of a teacher question then i thought it'd be good to kind of relate something to that kind of theme of going back after a break and that tiredness and that sort of preparation that you got to do and for me anyway i definitely no matter how many years i've been teaching i never seem to shake that kind of Sunday dreads that you get when you're just about to go back after a break whether it's a half term or Easter or Christmas there's always this kind of like not in my stomach a little bit about starting again and it's not because there's anything particularly scary about what's coming up on the Monday but it's just that anticipation you know what's about to happen sort of thing um so I can never really shake that that Sunday dread and I end up being a bit miserable all day on that Sunday unless I get out and do something Mm. um so I guess my first question to you is, do you get that still? Um, and also, what advice would you have for any teachers, regardless of newly qualified or well into their career? What advice would you give to those that feel that Sunday dread, either week on week or just before coming back to a big term? And how could you kind of, I guess, help support those that feel that way? What a question. Um, yeah, do still get the uh, the old Sunday Sunday dread feeling. Not as bad, not as much as I kind of used to. Um, I don't know. That's just a thing that comes with experience that you kind of appreciate and realize. You know what jobs are like worth stressing over and which ones like aren't stressing over. Um, and obviously, if you're an ECT, you won't necessarily have those mental models if your uh, partner teacher's asking you to do something if your head of department's asking you to do something a member of slt is asking you to do something you know that cumulative effect of all of those things you know can be overwhelming um so having a good little uh, filtering system of your own to work out you know what's important and what's not important is an important thing to kind of develop um, part of that comes with experience. I think there are various other things that you can do. Um, I'm a big fan of something called like the Eisenhower matrix. Have you heard of that, John? Oh. 
So um, it's basically like a, a quadrant um, and you label one side important, um, not important, and you label uh, the vertical side, yeah, um, urgent or not urgent. And so then you kind of uh, categorize your tasks where they where you believe they fall within those categories. So obviously if something's important and urgent, then like you probably need to like do it because you've claimed it. So if it's um, important but not urgent, then it's something like you might want to like, just familiarize yourself with what that is but no like that's not something that you need to kind of sort out now if you've deemed something that's urgent um but not important uh you might just want to kind of like you know relook and like reassess like what that is um is that like a whole school deadline or is that like a, a deadline that you've set yourself and you know a, approach that task accordingly and you know, eventually you get to the lovely box where it's not important and not urgent. And that's where, you know, that's, that's the sack it off, uh, sack it off box, you know, just don't worry. No one's going to check up on you. The kids aren't going to die because you haven't done it. Your performance isn't really going to be affected by it. So, you know, don't worry. And I think, you know, the more experience you have and the more you kind of talk with colleagues, you know, the more I think you think everything is important and urgent and the more you kind of filter out um, those other tasks into those other boxes. And it's quite nice to have the, uh, yeah, not important, not urgent tasks, which you can either, you know, don't do, or you might want to, you know, delegate it um, depending on what those particular tasks are. And that's something I took from like a middle leaders course, I think. And it's something that's kind of stuck with me. When I first heard about it, I would write it down, um, you know, a four sheet of paper, write that all down. Um, but now, you know, it's just a, a little mental exercise that I can do uh, right now, so I don't need to. But yeah, it's a useful one. You know, I did it when um, I first started leadership. Uh, obviously, you know, getting used to new different types of tasks. There, did it for the first couple of terms before I kind of you know got to grips with how it all worked. And yeah, I found it invaluable to making sure that there's still uh, you know what really is important does make a difference gets done and you know what i can afford not to do um isn't done that sounds like a really good idea I've, i'm gonna steal that for sure um especially that's a really great way to to help coach maybe ects and trainee teachers with that sort of juggling workload and you know that sort of idea of teachers having to spin plates and that sort of thing that's a it's a really useful way to do it and yeah you're right you definitely the more experience you get you figure out quickly which which tasks are those that are non-urgent and not important and uh yeah either delegate or like you said sack them off um so yeah that's that's a really really useful tool um uh which neil has even shared with me and do you know what i'm going to put that in the show notes um so there's a website that neil has shared um uh, which is kind of explains everything that he just talked about and i'll pop that in the show notes if you're interested in having a look um yeah, so that's quite a good like practical tool, I guess, to to maybe feel more prepared for the new term and or at least feel, okay, I know I can use that strategy when I go back. So at least I can hit Monday morning with, uh, um, you know, some time to to look at everything I've got and yeah. assess what needs to be done, that sort of thing. So that's Absolutely. a really that's a good practical tool um, for me in terms of that Sunday dread, uh, like I said, I don't think I'll ever shake it. It's just something, you know, inbuilt into me. And, you know, if I could get rid of it, I would. But I think now I just, 
there's an element of acceptance where I go, okay, I know I'm probably going to feel a little bit funny on that Sunday. Um, and there are things I could do to maybe just distract myself more than anything. Um, and Jess is pretty good as well because she she knows how badly I get that. And she will often plan things for us on a Sunday to try and get me out of the house, get me doing something different. One of my favorite things that we do, to be honest, to, to tackle it is just go out for dinner. And it's such a simple, simple thing because we wouldn't usually go out for dinner on a Sunday. Um, but it's a good way to just go, do you know what? I've done all my planning, maybe morning or afternoon, and then the evening is our time and I have to leave the house and I don't even have to be here. I don't have to be near my phone, my laptop or anything. And it's a good way to kind of just switch off. And by the time you come home, you're probably feeling a bit tired and and ready for some sleep then anyway. So I definitely think finding some, some ways to distract you in whatever way makes you feel relaxed, whether that's watching a movie, whether that's going out for a walk, doing something, doing a bit of exercise what whatever whatever helps that sort of distraction i think start building that in uh if you're concerned anyway because yeah. you're just gonna, you're gonna wallow otherwise you're gonna sit there and just feel rubbish about it and you're wasting your precious time off um yeah, yeah. i think that's important a big mistake i made early on was kind of putting off any work that i knew i had to do on the sunday i kind of do the fun things first and then the work um which I think, you know, looking back, I know, you know, it can be difficult to get the swing of it, but I think, you know, just getting up, dedicating a couple of hours, even like I found like blocking things out in my diary, um, on like my calendar on um my iPhone, just being like, right, between, you know, 9 30 and 11 30, I'm just gonna work for two hours, you know. And then, you know, just enjoy the rest of the Sunday, whatever that might be. I've found that, you know. Actually, it's almost like then you're making like a little, you know, it's like a, yeah action planning i guess in a way isn't it you're just saying yeah i'm gonna do this then get it done enjoy the rest of your sunday yeah i think i i always um really root for the idea of making lists as well if if you're feeling overwhelmed Mm -hmm. i don't i don't tend to make lists for my day-to-day but if i know that i feel like wow i got a lot on at the moment and i can't really see clearly what what all those things are actually just making a simple list of them and it could be tiny tiny things that you put on it that maybe don't seem that important and it might be literally like put petrol in the car ready for the monday or whatever it is in fact if you put smaller things on the list you get that kind of satisfaction of ticking them off as you go along um so i definitely am a huge um sort of advocate for creating a, a list of the things you need to do tick them off as you go along and you'll feel better knowing you're just physically crossing those jobs off the list sort of thing. Um, yeah. So there, there are definitely tools out there. And if you are in particular an ECT or a trainee, but it's not just exclusive to those, those teachers. Um, but if, if you do get that kind of Sunday dread one, you're not alone, you know, Neil and I are well into our careers and we still get it. But there are certainly ways you can deal with it and combat that. Yeah, I realise I'll be ten years in in September. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's uh, it's so uh, crazy. It's very, very, very strange. I think what like makes me feel slightly older now, and there's probably teachers older than us that are listening to us and hate us right now. But I, I now feel funny when we get either like a PGC student or even an ECT that comes through. And you kind of chat into them a bit and then you realize, oh, my God, like when I was training, 
for me anyway, when I was training, you could have been like primary school. Yeah. That's that's frightening. That's really scary for me anyway. Um, and now that you're the you know, they're your colleague that you're working with. Um, but there's probably teachers well into their careers that think we're just too young <laughs> snappers. Um yeah. But uh yeah, time moves fast. It does in the teaching world, it does. All right, then let's let's push on. I'm excited because you told me you have a, a tweet that you saw yesterday that you want to make your tweet of the week this week. And you said it's uh, it's it's quite a good one. So I'm just going to hand over to you. I don't know, it's a good, we're good one in a bad sense, I think. It's, uh, you're familiar with the old learning styles theory. Yeah, get that bit of that in your PGCE. Or had that been uh, eradicated by the time uh, you were you were there? No, I uh, yeah, I know. I'm very, very familiar, and I'm even familiar with what this tweet's going to be. Oh, I there, see- you've seen it, right? Because it's making a fair little bit of headwind on the old uh, Twitter's Twitter sphere. By all means, let's go into it because <laughs> this was a very big part of my PGC. Um, we, yeah, it was, it was still a thing then. So uh, take it away, take, take it away. away. Yeah. So I guess yeah, you, some people might be fortunate enough now to not know what you know learning styles theory is. Effectively, they were uh, hypothesized to be three different styles of learning. Uh, you know, well, it started off with three, and then people said there are about you know nine dozen more, and it all just got a little bit silly. But the main three were visual learners, uh, auditory learners, um, and kinesthetic learners. So you know, learners who do like to do things by actually doing it. Um, and the idea of this theory was that everyone had their preferred style of being taught. Um, you know, anything. So there were, you know, like questionnaires and things that you could do to like assess kids. Uh, you know, I, I had to do this like in my part of my practice. Like you give the kids the questionnaire, work out who was who, and then have to like, you know, when you think about how you're going to deliver a lesson, you know, how are you going to make sure that you know you cater to these different learning styles that the children learn in their perceived best way. Uh, it's all a lot of uh, bokum, um, in the sense that there is a preferred learning style. A lot of it is just kind of self-confirmation bias. Like, yeah, who doesn't want to just you know put a video on and enjoy watching yeah. a video? <laughs> of course, I'd rather do something <laughs> practically than you know than sit and listen and retain information. It's absolutely. It's- um, but equally, you know, there are some things like how are you going to, you're not going to learn to play an instrument. If you're a visual learner, you're not going to learn to play guitar just by watching someone, you know, play guitar because that's your preferred learning style. You are actually going to have to practice playing the guitar to be able to do it. Um, and so this comes from an, uh, someone who I don't know who they are on, on Twitter. Um, I, we haven't necessarily asked them to share this style. I won't say who it is to protect a bit of anonymity, um, but they were doing a teacher training course um, in America um, and part of you know a seminar or a lecture they had was about different learning styles, but somehow um, there's no uh, references on the slide at all, but it kind of shoehorns in, uh, you know, uh, whole ethnicities into having a preferred learning style. So I'm reading this off the slide now. This is obviously uh, not what I think or believe, but um, you know, Asians are visual learners. Hispanics are auditory learners. But then if you're a non-Westerner, which includes those two categories, you're also a kinesthetic learner. So 
<laughs> you know, it just doesn't really make um it was a bit it's a problematic tweet for a few reasons. Um the content rather of the tweet is problematic. Uh, purely because you know the the racial undertones that you have just you know massively assumed that this whole group is somehow homogenous and this whole ethnic group is homogenous in kind of how they learn, um, but also the as worrying if not you know, maybe not quite as bad, but you know that you know learning styles is still something that is you know being taught to future teachers and you know like I said. You know, there was only one way that learning styles was going to get more problematic what it was. And that was to, you know, add the, you know, a bit of a racial undertone towards the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting one seeing that yesterday. Madness, absolute madness. As if, you know, as a teacher, okay, I'm, you know, where I teach, it's a, it's a largely white dominated area. Imagine I'm just, you know, teaching my lesson and like the new kid walks in, um, who's uh, Hispanic and I have to go, oh, I've got to, I've now got to change my <laughs> lesson plan because this kid who I've never met and I don't know anything about, well, yeah. obviously they're going to be this kind of learner. Um, yeah, you won't teach them to read music. They just have to do it by like, you know, perfect yeah. pitch and, you know, they have to pick it up just by listening to it. It's it's absolute madness. Um, I'd be like, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I've I've done my teacher training. You know, I don't right. care finding this difficult. Um, yeah, wow. I yeah, I saw that tweet yesterday as well. And yeah, one I saw the learning styles thing, and I was like, oh Jesus, you know, here we go. And then actually read it, and I, it's almost like a parody. You know, I there's quite a few teacher parody accounts out there, but it's 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 real. It's genuine. Yeah, a genuine teacher, um, what well, someone who's going through a, a graduate education class in order to get their teacher um, certification over in um, Philadelphia. And it's just, I mean, quite fortunate that, you know, I've not had to think about this stuff for a long time. And it's just wild to think that, you know, there are places somewhere that, so far behind in terms of what you know research is saying about how we actually learn and things like that it's yeah it just blows my mind yeah definitely and I, I think yeah I think it's bad enough kind of working on on old theories and you know outdated sort of information that's there's a certain element of damage involved in that but then you know to to bring a like you said, a racial undertone into it. God, that's the damage that could be done there is absolutely horrendous. But uh, I apologize if you're listening in the States. I doubt you are. But, I, um, you know, if it was going to be anywhere in the world, that's that's probably where I'd put my money as well. Yeah. American edu Twitter uh, can be wild. There's some there's some brilliant parts of it, but there are some absolutely absolute wild parts of it in particular like videos it always it just seems there are so many kids filming stuff in their classes in, in america and it's yeah i i don't want to be there i just don't yeah i don't think that i could teach in perhaps you know certain states in america and um, i imagine you know there are some states i hope that you know, take this a little bit more seriously than the perception that you get from you know a very small you know data source 
France, and it is a very, very big country. And uh, you would hope there's some, well, I know for a fact there's some excellence there, but uh, you hope that this is certainly, this tweet represents a minority, like you say. Um, nice. So <laughs> that is, whether it's a, a good or a bad thing, I think it's still worth highlighting um, certain things that are doing the rounds on that sort of edu Twitter and uh, and unpicking them, whether it, it can influence your teaching or whether it's just something for you to be horrified at and uh, and reflect upon, perhaps. So let's let's end the podcast this week with uh, everyone's favorite segment, which is uh, quite simply teacher nightmare stories. So if you are new to the podcast, first of all, for shame. How dare you join in on episode seven, um, scum? That's what you. <laughs> Sorry, I've. It's been a, it's been a long week. Um, I mean, go back, listen to episode one through six, and uh, and As see. We say, you know, it's a chronological thing. You have to understand. You have to go through one to six to understand references and stuff in episode seven. So. Exactly. This is the. Same. I'm about to bring one up. The favorite of people um, who outside of education. Um, who I've told a few of these stories to, their favourite one is the the whistle on the train. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's everyone's favourite, to be honest. Um, if you don't know what we're referring to, please go back and listen to episode six, where our end of term special involved reading a lot of teacher nightmare stories that we've been uh, been sent in. And there was one in particular about a steam train, a school trip, um, that uh, it tickled us. I think uh, it's fair to say it was a, a very good story. So, yeah, if you're if you're new to the podcast, I apologize for calling you scum. And um, what this idea is basically, all teachers have insane stories from the classroom, whether it's something from their own teaching experience, a colleague, or whether you know from when they were at school, um, t- you know things their teachers did or peers did that sort of thing. And I I've always thought if only there was a way to kind of gather all these stories together and um and share them just for just to give people a bit of a laugh um especially if you're in the world of teaching i think that would be amazing so this segment is your stories our stories all about the classroom but particularly where there have been what we could be described as uh nightmares within the classroom so um I've got a whole bunch that have been sent in. So thank you so much yet again if you have sent them in. If you want to send in a story, all you have to do is find myself or Neil on Twitter. I am at Johnny Brinson, J-O-N-N-Y-B-R-I-N-S-O-N. And Neil, you are? Uh, at Mr. Underscore Armand Ed. Capital E, capital D. Um, just just go via my profile to find him. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so... Um, get in touch send us your stories uh, i recommend you dm them it means that if either of us receive a story then the other one's not going to see it and it means we kind of get to get to hear it freshly on the podcast but feel free to just respond to one of our posts as well and everything's anonymous no names used um in the last episode i read a whole story and i realized i dropped the person's name so we had to do it again um so i promise i will keep you anonymous so um I, do you know what? I'll start off with, a, with not necessarily something that's laugh out loud, I can't believe that happened sort of thing. But I think it's um, it's something that I imagine a lot, maybe a lot of primary school teachers 
could uh, relate to, but I've definitely felt this this sort of issue uh, in secondary school as well. And it's also quite topical because it's Ofsted related. So um, I have a story here that says, uh, Dear Johnny and Neil, again, didn't say that, I'm just putting it on. But uh, Dear Johnny and Neil, we had the call. And so I prepared my year three class and told them we'd have a visitor in class sometime that day. He didn't arrive in our room till late morning and a boy who was very honestly speaking for all of us said in a very loud voice, oh God, he's here then. <laughs> and I, I imagine that boy just, it, it just articulated what every teacher feels Absolutely. the moment that door opens and you see that inspector walking in. But yeah, how you kind of deal with that situation when a kid says it, um, I think that's quite quite funny to be honest I imagine inside the teacher was giving them a thunderous round of applause but <laughs> had to be like it's not very kind now is it that's not how we talk to visitors I mean, we always have visitors remember <laughs> and then really... they're like, but miss you told me to say that when they're okay Holly, that is a dirty lie <laughs> <laughs> I've always said you're a dirty little liar. Um, <laughs> don't do that if you're a primary teacher. I've got another story here. And for this one, you know, the the situation itself is, is hilarious, but it's the final, it's the final line of this that I think re really gets me. So it says, um, dear Johnny and Neil, kids comes to find me at dinner time, talking to me about science and careers and stuff. When all of a sudden they say, sir, I feel sick. I say, sit on the stool. Do you need me to call first aid? If you're going to puke, use the bin. The kid says, no, 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 I wreck it. And before they can get the end of the word out, all this person has sent in is two puking emojis. Um, so I can only imagine um, <laughs> there was a, a slight vom fest. Um, and this teacher says that uh, it went over, over the bin. It hit, first of all, the teacher's shoes. Oh. And then suddenly the kid coughs into their face. And it's the end of this that really gets me. Gave them norovirus. <laughs> Poor teacher. Not just being thrown up on, not just, you know, having to deal with cleaning up sick. On top of that, norovirus. Yeah, have a sprinkle of norovirus. Yeah, have a have a little have a little taste of some some noro. Um, wow, I I I feel your pain, and I'm I'm sorry that happened to you. I feel bad about laughing about it. I I don't at all. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> um, so uh, well, I I, I imagine because they wrote the tweet that they they're all well again, and uh, would, yeah, it's good. Um, you know, they didn't finish off, finish off the tweet saying, and I'm still in hospital and it's not looking good. You know, like, yeah, you know, I didn't get that. So it seems like it's all good. Um, yeah. Right. This one, this one. I I, I want to know your your opinion here on mm -hmm. what you do. You're a, you're a deputy head primary yeah. uh, specialist. Um, what did you do in this situation, Neil? It says, dear Johnny and Neil, this happened on a year five trip to London. We visit the Houses of Parliaments, where you were placed into a holding room, apparently. Have you ever done a school trip to the House of Parliaments? Uh, not actually. 
Interesting. Uh, if, if you've if you've done one, please get in touch. But it says, uh, we visit the Houses of Parliament where you're placed into a holding room. Whilst there, a child hands me something. I look down. To my horror, it is a toy grenade. <laughs> yes. Grenade. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to know that conversation. I was like, this, this. <laughs> It says, I casually walk over to the head teacher and tell her she takes the grenade and pops it in the bin in the room. (laughs) room. That's probably not the best place to. (laughs) The last thing you should do. (laughs) Okay, I can kind of say I would not put a grenade in the bin in the House of Commons. Because that is a sure way to make sure that you know that whole place is locked down within a fair few minutes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it just says we're now aware that there's a very real-looking grenade in a bin of the Houses of Parliament, and we could be in a lockdown situation at any point. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, uh, so Neil, how would you handle that if you were in the holding room and you were handed a, a grenade by a child? <laughs> okay. So if I hadn't, you know. Worked out that this child had a grenade, which is a, yeah, a fake grenade. Um, you'd hope, you know. Hope, I mean, I'd hope that, but I'm thinking, you know, that's is this kid bringing a fake grenade into school all the time, or is it, oh, we're going to the House of Parliament, I'm going to bring my fake grenade to, you know, really mess with everyone? Or, you know, yeah, is it just part of their daily equipment, like, you know. Yeah. Pencil case, lunchbox, pee kit, grenade. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or is it just a, oh, how's apartment today? I'll tell you what's going to go down really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to bring my fake grenade and that's going to really impress my friends. <laughs> I'll talk about this for ages. Um, I would probably take the grenade from said, or from the teacher. I wouldn't put it in the bin. I think I would try to as much as I could, like maybe like fold it down to show that, like, do anything possible to show that this is clearly not a real grenade, and then find someone to be like, look, this is really embarrassing, quite funny, but really quite embarrassing. Like a kid has bought a fake grenade, and like I'm giving it to you so you can dispose of it. You know, I meant the shutters come down. <laughs> They're like, ur, ur, get on the floor. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, yeah. Uh, I think yeah, I think that's probably the best way. Honesty, best policy. But I would hope the fact that you know I tried to like you know crush it maybe a little bit or like bend it over so they can see like some like clear like crease lines in it will clearly demonstrate that you know I'm not trying to pass a. I can't imagine they're just like a security company. Like there must be like ex army, ex SAS, like women and men in there so um yeah just don't that's that's security guards so exactly don't put it in the bin no definitely wouldn't put it in the bin yeah although you know we never heard about a lockdown i don't remember the news about the the fake grenade that was in the bin and they've uh they've pointed out a flaw in the security system at the house Right, right so really maybe this child deserves like you know some sort of mbe <laughs> exactly. Services to the you know security. <laughs> well, I 
I'd love to go now because I want to know like what were like the checkpoints to get to this holding room. Uh, well, you're, you, there's only one way to find out, Neil. You're going to have to organise a school trip to the House of Parliament. Oh, okay. Well, uh, as soon as you do, please report back. Uh, we'll and maybe if you do organise it, we'll we'll have to give you an object that you've got to try and take. <laughs> well, everyone on Twitter will vote for what object that is. <laughs> <laughs> Please be as creative as possible. And uh, Neil will try and sneak it in for you. There we go. Can't promise I will, but I'll, yeah. I, I, I think it's a done deal. Um, okay, so I, I'm going to I'm gonna leave the stories there this week. I've got some more great ones, uh, but please do keep sending them in um, on Twitter. Send us a DM. Uh, these stories genuinely make my day. They're, they're brilliant. And um, from, well, Neil went to a research ed conference this weekend and he... He received compliments on the, on these stories from from some people there. So it's clearly it's it's making a difference to people who listen. So please keep sending them. Absolutely, we enjoy it. Um, all right, I think we've gone on long enough, Neil. We'll keep this short and sweet. Um, first week back, everyone everyone needs a bit of extra time to yeah to relax. So I don't want to I don't want to take you away. From your important planning too much and <laughs> yeah i've got a few things to sort out before tomorrow exactly so um just yeah feels good to be back in the swing of things it's good to be back into a new term and uh thank you for sticking with us and thank you very much for tuning in once again please do um subscribe wherever you listen to us whether that's apple music or spotify um and leave us a five-star review if you if you enjoy the podcast it really does make a difference so yeah so leave us a review and um uh yeah just thank you very much for listening and uh, thank you so much we will see you again in well we won't see you again but uh, we'll be in your ears again next week and uh, we'll catch you then catch you soon bye-bye bye-bye everyone <laughs>